welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the Blue and White Brothers. Two brothers, two takes, one team. So, bro, um, as we're thinking about the start of the Penn State football season, I'm not sure I've asked you, what are you most looking forward to about this 2023 Penn State football season? Um, the best-looking grass in all of college football. Heck yeah. <laughs> no, it really no, is, though. You know? no, blue, no blue turf for us. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I – uh, that, that is – like one of the most beautiful things both on TV, but also in, in person is just seeing that beautiful grass, um, you know, and, and watching, you know, our, our boys in, in blue run out, run out that tunnel fireworks going. I mean, we're going to be at the West Virginia game. I, you know, I, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember the last time I was actually at the, uh, the opening game. Um, I, it's probably for me been since I was at Penn state. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember actually offhand. Uh, I am sure. The, I, go ahead. When's the last time it was a, a night game to start the season too? Yeah, that's well, we had last year, but it, at Purdue. <laughs> so right, you right. know, uh, the last time we started at a night game in Beaver Stadium to start the season—that's a good question. Um, I don't know offhand. Um, it's gonna be a special game, and uh, special thanks to Rudy Glocker for uh, yeah. sharing some tickets with us. Yeah. Appreciate it again, Rudy. Thanks, um, Rudy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, for me, I think, uh, being in the stadium, that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing people start to get some buzz around Penn state, um, you know, on college game day. Although I don't know if they'll talk about Penn state and college game day anymore because you know, (laughs) (laughs) the new TV deals, turf wars, turf wars. Right. But you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about, uh, you know, our stars on the offense and defense and, uh, Hey, maybe we'll even get some special teams love, um, which is what we're going to be talking about this episode. We're going to be talking about the special teams, uh, contributors, uh, a lot of changes in special teams, and um, I think it'd be great if we actually had some special teams uh, highlights this year, as long as they weren't, you know, uh, low lights on Penn State's <laughs> behalf, you know. But um, uh, we're also going to talk about some very briefly some Penn State news that came out. Uh, the team captains were released, so we're going to uh, name those captains and just talk about them for a little bit. Um, and then we're going to just dig into it and, and talk about special teams. This is uh, previewing the special teams uh, this episode, and that's what it's about. But before that, uh, let's go to the news and notes. News and notes. Well, like I said, uh, uh, the team released their their team captains, and um, they don't really say this um, on the release, but I think what we've got are, are two captains from the defense, two from the offense, and two from special teams. And um, I'm gonna just going to name them. I'm going to name... Um, you know, the position they play, at least on offense and defense. And then um, we're going to just talk about what it means that these guys w- were named. We've already talked about a lot of them. Um, but uh, the two offensive captains are Ola Fushanu and Theo Johnson. Uh, the two defensive captains, Keaton Ellis, Adisa Isaac. And then the two special teams representatives, Dom DeLuca and Malik Mega. 
So, bro, um, you know, leadership is one of the things we've been talking about uh, for this year's team. And at least as far as the team has voted, these are some of the key leaders on the team. What do you make of these guys? And uh, how do you think that shapes, uh, you know, this team's leadership profile? How does that shape your perspective of the leadership on the team here and that these are our captains? Well, I think it's interesting to note um, that, you know, last year, as you might know, Andy, but maybe some of our listeners don't recall, we had two team captains that were four time in a row captains, and it's the first time that's ever happened in Penn State's history, Sean Clifford and Jonathan Sutherland. You know, yeah. obviously, you know, Sean Clifford was our quarterback for, you know, four straight seasons after uh, Trace McSorley graduated and moved on to the NFL. But it's curious to me that, you know, Drew Aller is not named a a quarter, you know a, a, a captain from the quarterback position because the offense you know by default is led by the quarterback. So it leads me to believe that you know is it, I wonder if Franklin's I wonder if Franklin ha, might still possibly name Drew Aller a quarterback moving forward before the season starts. Um, I'm not saying he will, but I, I wonder if he if he's going to because he did that with Sean so early in his career, you know, and maybe that's just the type of guy Sean was. He was a leader from the get go. He was super vocal. He was super involved. He was a guy that was a first in, first out. And you know what we're hearing that Drew is a, a quieter person, and obviously, you know, Sean was not uh, by default a quiet guy. He he was always you know smiling and, and candid uh, for the camera. I was very comfortable in front of the camera. Very comfortable, um, you know giving sound bites to reporters. Um, so I, I wonder if, if, if is Drew capable of, of growing into that uh, captain role at some point in the season or, or, you know, before the opening kickoff of the West Virginia game. So that's one interesting tidbit. And, and the other thing that I, I I'm thinking here is that like, um, none, I don't believe any of these guys have been captains before. So are, they're all first time captains, Correct. Right, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that that seems right to me, you know. Um, and you know, I the truth is, I've heard these guys' names come up in a leadership, um, you know, context before they were named, and so it sounds like. You know, whatever's going on on the team, there there is some natural leadership bubbling up, and and there's some guys who are, you know, taking ownership of this team and its goals, and and that's exciting to see. You know, I mean, we've been hearing about Theo Johnson; he's been more vocal, he's waited his turn, and now he wants to not only just be one of those key contributors on offense, but he wants to be a leader on the team. Alo Fashano, you know, he has been a kind of a quiet, high performer, and now he's saying, look. I came back to make this year a special year, and he's taking some leadership responsibility. Um, I, I think that's I think that's great. You bring up an interesting point about Drew Aller, and um, yeah, I, I, I think you, it's an interesting point that that Sean Clifford's I first wonder year. If Franklin's challenging Drew, you know, hmm. by not naming him. Like, hey, you needed to, to put more work in to be a leader, and, and you know, and 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 I don't know if Drew is like wanting that role like specifically like uh, is it a goal of his to be a team captain you'd like to think well, that every he, quarterback has that goal right 
Well, yeah, I mean, they're de- like you said, they're de facto leader, although not every quarterback is vocal outside of like calling the plays and stuff, you know, but, um, you know, your sounds like your impression is that um, the coaches name the captains. I was assuming the team votes on the captains. Yeah, but it's kind of crafted in some ways by the coaches. I, I'm, I'm not saying entirely. I'm not saying it's it's a, a ruse to, to that. You know, no. It's. I think it is completely player. Um, voted on, but I think that it, it doesn't mean that these coaches aren't pushing these guys to to be those leaders either. You know what I mean? To like to like perform that way day in and day out. I hear what you're practice. saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, well, I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. That oh, I'm not Aller suggesting that it is. I'm not suggesting that it is isn't a bad the captain. Thing. I'm not I, suggesting that. Well, I think what what I find fascinating is that you've got Olofushano, your star left tackle, as a captain, and that says a lot. You know, I mean, he sets the standard high on the O line, and now he's your captain, and he's the guy who's charged with protecting that quarterback, that freshman quarterback. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe that's good that it takes some of that that pressure off of your off of your star quarterback to just focus on actually being the quarterback you know, leading the team on the field, but in terms of doing the emotional leadership, in terms of doing the, you know, getting the the troops together and pointing them in the right direction, you know, let Drew lead with his playing and these other guys are going to take responsibility to make sure that the team is doing what it needs to do. I kind of like that for him as a, as a, just a, a you know, first time starter again, he hasn't actually been named the starting quarterback. We're just assuming here. <laughs> I don't think there's really, um, at barring injury, I don't think there's any real question about that fact. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting that these other guys are are stepping up. Um, you know, and then uh, Dom DeLuca and Malik Mega, I think, are really interesting. Um, you know, last year Dom DeLuca made a huge splash on a special teams, making tons of coverage plays, um, and he was he was always seemed to be making a tackle. And it's interesting, you know, he has a walk on as well, um, who's since been given uh, a scholarship spot. And um, so it's really interesting to see him kind of a, a grassroots leader. And, um, you know, speaking of special teams, uh, there's been some leadership churn uh, and position churn here. And, and we'll need some strong leadership on special teams, I think, this year. Any, uh, any last thoughts on those captains, bro? Uh, yeah, I think you know you mentioned Theo Johnson um, stepping into that leadership role, and Franklin was really vocal about him uh, stepping into that role. What interests me about that is that he had that little off-field, uh, off uh, off-campus oh, right. incident, yes. a little dust-up, um, a mutual combat situation, apparently, <laughs> yeah. and um, uh, punches yeah. were thrown, apparently, including and by Theo yeah. Johnson. Yeah, and we don't know all the details of that, so we're not here to comment on that. But what we can comment on is how he has responded to that uh, with with his leadership. At, at, so he basically, you know. I'm sure he was punished. Franklin mentioned we do do all that in house, and he atoned for that in house, and then put his you know workmanlike attitude uh, you know to to put on put on his business cap, put his helmet on, and and he he has been you know basically all full steam ahead on being one of the biggest leaders of this offense. And I think what's really uh, gearing up to happen here is a 
big season for him on the offense because of of what he is doing leadership wise and what his skill level is and his 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 physical prowess his attributes and um his talent level is uh you know he could be that next you know second round draft pick uh tight end coming out of Penn State if not higher by the way um he is he is a special talent um and and this has all the makings of him having a special year for Penn State with this offense well, let's um, let's turn away from talking about those captains and let's talk about the special teams. You know, um, the special teams is interesting. It's it's you know often an overlooked part of the game, um, and yet it has one of the you know outsized impact for the number of minutes that this unit is on the field, right? Um, and um, coming back again uh, for the second year, Stacy Collins. Um, by the way, all three coordinators um, are are back again. That's the first time that's happened in a long time where all three coordinators have uh, returned. So, um, you know, I think special teams was adequate last year. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic, but it was above average. It didn't did lose us any games. It didn't, didn't lose, lose us any games. games. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could point to a game where the special teams won us the game either, but you know, it, it, it allowed the offense and defense to do what it needed to do. Right. Um, so, you know, you hope that we get at least that kind of performance and maybe with Stacy Collins uh, coming back for a second year, whatever Mark he's planning to put on um, that unit, you know, maybe we'll actually see some development there. Now, one of the things that make that hard is that um, a lot of unknowns coming into the season last year, um, you know, Jake Pinnegar, uh, who is our place kicker, Barney Amore, the punter, and Chris Stull, the long snapper, they were all really critical um, contributors. They're all gone. All three went out for the NFL draft. None of them actually were drafted. Um, Chris Stull uh, made an undrafted free agent um, with the Seahawks. As far as I can tell, Jake Pinnegar uh, and Barney Amore did not uh, end up on any NFL team. But um, And then in addition to that, Parker Washington uh, was our leading punt returner. Um, he's gone as well. So in terms of like the skill positions, there are a lot of key pieces that we're going to have to rebuild. Um but at the same time, a lot of the, um, you know, the, the full team uh, in terms of the kicking team and the return teams and the coverage teams, they all performed quite well. And um, hopefully there'll be uh, at least um, a marginal improvement there um, because Stacey Collins has a really strong track record with special teams. Um, before we get into the specific positions, bro, uh, what are your thoughts on special teams this year? Are you worried about it? Do you feel good about it? What are your hopes and dreams when it comes to special teams this year? <laughs> I think there's a natural concern when you have, you know, have to replace your long snapper, your holder, your kicker, your punter, your and, and, and you know, we we didn't really have a lockdown um, kickoff return specialist that we kind of like cycled, rotated some guys through to try to find what was going on there. Um, so so really, we have no bona fide starters returning, <laughs> which you know opens up opportunities for for better play, but obviously you know I'll, you know equally opens up uh, opportunities for worse play. Um, you know, and, and like you said, Stacy Collins uh, returning for his second year that could you know, be a difference maker when it comes to finding the right players. But 
We also are going to have a new group of players to choose from from the incoming freshman class from the 2023 um, uh, recruiting class. And so a lot of times what happens is, you know, we have this uh, a really good recruiting class, but when you have a team as deep as what Penn State has, there's no room to, to start for these young guys who who possibly in some of Penn State's worst teams, these guys would be better talents on those teams that could see the field right away. But, you know, where there is opportunity for these players is on kick coverage and, um, re, you know, return uh, block, return teams blocking and, and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of these talented incoming freshmen, I'm eager to see how they're going to start making names for themselves on uh, special teams um, for for Penn State this fall. Um, that, yeah, that, that's that's really, you know, I think going to be a key part of their development and possibly forcing their way into seeing some time on either side of the offensive defense as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, there again, um, I really did notice the coverage teams last year. You know, they probably made the biggest impact uh, in my mind of any of the special teams in that um, you really didn't see a lot of big returns against Penn State last year. Right. right. And in fact, you know, you had a guy like Barney Amore uh, able to kind of um, pinpoint where the punt goes. And, you know, you had guys right there uh, to, to either you know, make the tackle right away or make sure if there was a muff, you're, you're, you know, I think we did recover a couple of muff punts as well. And um, so, you know, a lot of those guys, like you said, there were guys who are lower down on the depth chart, Dom DeLuca, for example, you know, um, guys trying to make an impact. And, um, you know, we've got a very, very talented incoming uh, class of freshmen, and it'll be interesting to see how those guys do um, when we get to see them on special teams. So let's go ahead yeah, and, and, and oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so w- one one place where we're not necessarily too concerned, um, and where we actually have some experience returning, um, and and it's an exciting part of special teams for us is our kickoff team. We have our returners, um, and namely Nick Singleton and Nick uh, Katron Allen are both back and and are expected to to at least. Um, um, be back there uh, in in game one for West Virginia. I don't think anybody else is uh, in line to supplant either of them, uh, and we'll see if that that continues that way for the whole season or not. Yeah, so uh, let's get into some of the specifics. Um, like we said, we don't have a lot of returners uh, in the skill positions, and so that means some of what we're going to be doing is just trying to get to know these names and a little bit about them. Um, truthfully, Tom and I don't have a whole lot of insight about these guys, and um, so uh, we'll be learning a lot as the season goes along. But um, let's start in with our um, our place kickers and kickoff specialists, um, You know, because this is the one – time when these guys take the field, you have a chance to get points on the board. And um, like we said, last year, Jake Pinnegar, uh, he's gone. Um, he had been around the program for four, a good four years. We've got two guys. Um, I'm not sure that it's clear who's going to be the lead uh, for place kicker. Um, one is uh, Sander Sahedek. He was recruited last year as you know one of the best kickers in the country, a lefty kicker, by the way. Um, and then we also got um, 
a transfer in from Columbia. That's in the Ivy League. He had all Ivy League honors. Um, his name, Alex Felkins. And um, he has just one year of eligibility left. Um, he was very uh, consistent kicker. Doesn't necessarily have great range, but um, it's, it's going to be probably between Alex Felkins and Sander Sahadek. It might be similar to what we've seen in years past where Alex Felkins takes the short kicks, Sander Sahadek takes the long kicks, um, or maybe Sander Sahadek can can push for that, um, that full position. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of information other than I hope one of these guys can be a consistent <laughs> kicker for us. <laughs> yeah, so here's the deal when it comes to kicking. It's pretty black and white. There's no gray areas here. You either can do it or you can't. You either have the statistics and the data and practice to show that you're capable um, or you don't. And and then, of course, when it comes game day, when there's, you know, the, the fans of either your own team or the opposite team breathing down your neck, um, you know, it's put up or shut up there. And, and that's a whole different ballgame because doing it in practice is way different than doing it on game day. So we just need to find someone who's consistent in practice, consistent enough in practice and somebody who's capable of doing it with, you know, when the pressure's on, you know, in, in crunch time. And ideally... You know, we don't need to rely on our kickers to win games. But as we know, sometimes you can certainly lose games because... Hello, um, Ohio State. <laughs> right. Yeah, they have 2016 Ohio State. They, I mean, obviously, we don't have to rehash it, but we will. Um, you know, Marcus Allen, you know, leaps, uh, you know, uh, through the line and... and um, blocks the punt and and uh grant haley you know out runs the the kicker the fastest kicker in the world apparently almost gets him but i mean that that was the difference in that game um so so to have a special teams um being consistent and and reliable is is really all you need from a team that is supposed to have you know an elite defense and and, and a very you know uh potent offense we just need our special teams to do their job um, like uh, just a hair above average, you know, yeah. th- that would be enough, <laughs> you know? Oh, and for the record, I was talking about the uh, national semifinal game where Oh, Ohio I am State, sorry. <laughs> well, that was oh, another good one. Missed the kick. Oh, <laughs> missed yeah, the wh- kick yeah. to win the game. Horribly As, wide left. Hor- I mean, just a just a, a, a whiff of a kick. And and, poor, and he was a good guy. kicker too. Yeah, and that would have won the game. They would have sent him to the national. They would have been. They would have. They would have played TCU. And you know that Ohio State would have wiped the field TCU. with them. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, also could have ended up playing Michigan if they stood tall enough to beat TCU. Uh, I mean, it was <laughs> interesting how, how far the, each of those games could have turned but on just yeah. a few plays. But anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah, you you want a kicker who can kick when it's time to kick the ball. But, um, yeah, hopefully we've got two good options and we, you know, we'll trust the coaches to put the best one out there. By the way, um, for kickoff specialist, uh, you might see again, uh, Gabriel Nwosu, uh, six foot six, 247 pounds. He, um, he had 18 kicks last year. Um, seven of which were for touchbacks. Um, eventually Jake Pinnegar ended up kicking the rest of the year because, um, so there, there were some consistency issues, but you know, if he's worked some of that out, you might see him cause he's got a cannon for a leg. Um, and like, you know, I just want to say also last year, our offense, we finally figured out how to score touchdowns in the red zone. So right. we didn't kick quite as many field goals as we had in the past. And so it's possible, it's possible that the field goal unit won't be as significant, but you know what? 
there are a lot of games where you just need those three points. And um, so we'll find out whether we've got a good unit this year. All right, let's shift gears and talk about punting. Um, again, lost our punter last year. Um, the two guys coming in don't know a whole lot about them. You've got Riley Thompson and Alex Bacchetta. Similar to the Place King situation, one of them is... Um, you know, recruited by Penn State, a scholarship player. That's Alex Bacchetta. He's a big recruit with a big leg. Um, I haven't heard anything about his development during the offseason, and that might just be because he's a punter or it might be because there's not a lot of development to talk about. Um, we did get a transfer, um, Riley Thompson, from Florida Atlantic. He's got one year of eligibility left. He was an honorable mention in Conference USA. He had 61 punts with a 45.4 yard average, which I think sounds pretty good to me. Um, you know, so we've got at least one guy who's got some really good game experience punting, and then we've got one, um, you know, high level recruit that we haven't really seen do anything on the field yet. Um, what are you thinking about our punters? Well, so interestingly enough, you know, we, as you mentioned, we brought in. Um, uh, that Florida Atlantic transfer, um, you know, and we also brought in that uh, place kicker from, um, did you say Cornell, I think, right? Um, so so Franklin brought in these transfer guys for a particular reason. And, and one, Columbia, by the way. Col oh, I'm sorry, Columbia. I apologize. Um, or, or Colgate. Which one is it? No, I'm kidding. Columbia. <laughs> um, so um, Franklin is, you know, hell-bent on making positively sure that every position group on the field, special teams, defense, offense, has a competition happening in camp, offseason, spring, summer, preseason, all of it. He needs guys to be pushed to their limits. Even if they're, even if they're, I mean, even you know, Olufashanu is getting uh, pushed by some younger guys like Drew Shelton because he got serious game experience last year. So, so Olu's not necessarily like. They know he's going to be the left tackle, but he needs these guys to be pushed harder and to get better because of that. Because as they say, and every guy repeats it, is iron sharpens iron. So he brings in these two guys. And from Florida Atlantic, mind you, this guy was a, because of a weird rule with his eligibility, he was actually a freshman last year at Florida Atlantic because I think he did some, uh, I believe he was kicking in either South Africa or Australia. I can't remember which. They kind of all have the same accent. Um, but uh, he, he was a freshman All-American last year, if you, if, you, if you didn't know that. And, you know, that 45-plus uh, yards per punt is, is pretty solid. And, 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 you know, I can't imagine that, that just because he switches from Conference USA to the Big Ten that his leg suddenly gets, you know, weaker. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. um, so and I think punting is maybe a little less stressful than f like kicking field goals. So, you know, they probably weren't just like super thrilled on on who we already had and they just needed to get that person better or bring in someone who was capable of taking their spot. So, um, you know, that's it's team effort. It's, it's for the team. And it, it's it's uh, it's iron sharpens iron and it's it's competition to squeeze the, the most out of every single player. And, and by all accounts, uh, you know, all Penn State's Franklin's players, they embrace that. That's the kind of people that they're recruiting and bringing in from uh, in the transfer portal. They want guys who are embracing competition. Yeah. Um, so moving on to um, long snapper and, and holder, um, we 
you know, lost a really, really critical piece of the puzzle last year with Chris Stahl. He was, I think, uh, a four-year captain, uh, he, he, you know, as long snapper, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, you know, th- that's a lot of responsibility on the offensive line of, um, of the punt team. And um, I, I can't remember a single time where there was a problem, right? You know, right. when things go wrong with snapping, uh, you know, in the punt game or the kick game, they really go wrong, you know? Um, and so who do we have coming in? I, I mean, I have names, but I don't know anything about them. Um, a guy named, uh, Tyler Dazanski, uh, redshirt sophomore, uh, appeared in seven games last year as the reserve long snapper. I assume, um, he's going to be the guy because we have two backups, um, that are, um, each, Freshman, um, guy named Blyze Sokach Minnick and Will Patton. I don't know how you were capable of pronouncing that so well. Blyze, so- what was it? <laughs> Sokach Minnick. Wow. Good job. Good job. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> it might not be how it's pronounced, but um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, these, point. these are both, uh, Pennsylvania guys. My, you know, my guess is they're, they're preferred walk-ons. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're listed on the roster as long snappers and, um, yeah, I mean, I hope one of those three guys can be the guy because yeah, it's got to be tough to to you know uh, step in for a guy who who is as vaunted uh, as Cristol was, um, who's now in the NFL, going to take over the the uh, you know expected to take over the long snapping um, uh, over there in Seattle, um, and uh, you know he, I think what he won he won the like you said he won the award for the best long snapper in the country, so. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what it takes to, to win that, but I can't imagine we got the next best long snapper in the country waiting in the wings. So they got big shoes to fill, and um, that's a pressure position uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and let me just say, um, I have not heard anything coming from uh, preseason, even including the open practice time where they were doing uh, place kicking. And that's probably this, a good thing. <laughs> that's right. No news is good. Good yeah, news, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Any um, news is likely bad news. <laughs> and, and just uh, you know, I spent a fair amount of time looking. Um, I don't even know who the holder is going to be. No yeah. idea. Yeah. So we'll find out. <laughs> I, I did hear some rumblings that possibly, and I don't quote me on this. Um, I'm not an insider. I'm not. I'm not in the media. But I did I, get you I, a press pass, man. Someday, maybe. Um, I, there's a chance that that it's that it's somebody who, like, I'm. I'm almost thinking that I might have heard that it was Tyler Warren who was played quarterback in high school. Um, yeah, I'm not I sure if that's entirely true, but maybe he was taking some reps there or something like that. So, um, yeah, we used to, we used to put, put quarterbacks there, uh, back in the day, um, it, you know, certain Penn state teams. And, and that always, you know, has the propensity to have a little trickery up its sleeve when it comes to, um, you know, field goal kicks and, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see if that, that shakes out the way, you know, it sounds like it could, but also, you know, your, anyone's guess is as good as mine right now. I think with a holder, you want somebody who can catch the ball when it comes to you and can handle it well, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, so that's, I think that's why you get quarterbacks and you, I think you probably also have uh, punters or another one who's, who, right. you know, familiar Point. with handling that, Point. you know, long snap. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's you know, who we, Andy, we're real quick, oh, you, know, you know, we used to, maybe you remember this from the, uh, I forget, maybe like 96 uh kind of time zone of Penn State football, maybe even before the 94 season. What year was Joe Nastasi? Do you recall? I don't recall. Number 21. He was a wide receiver for Penn State. He was our field goal uh, 
placeholder, and he would run uh, trick plays from time to time. And I, I, I remember watching when I was a kid him him run one in for a touchdown from like I don't know twenty yards out or something. Joe Nastasi, Joe Nastasi, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind uh, some some trickeration here. I, I I don't think we really saw a lot of that last year, if anything Been a minute. at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do we have anything up our sleeves for, uh, just the right occasion? Uh, that'd be nice. Um, but we'll see. Um, so, uh, let's, let's go to the return game. Um, and I, you know, I just want to say off the bat punt return and kick return. We just haven't seen a whole lot of action. Um, you know, I think Nick Singleton had a kick return against Rodgers last year. Um, I don't remember the last time we had a punt return for touchdown. Um, and that's John Dotson had one back when he was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, and then they stopped kicking to him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so it's not for lack of having good talent back there. In fact, I think sometimes having that good talent back there kind of discourages teams from giving us anything worth returning. Right. But um, with that being said, let's just, let's just talk through some of the guys that we're going to see. You already mentioned um, on the, the kick return, most likely going to see Nick Singleton or Katron Allen. Um, I, I read an article that said uh, King Mac, uh, who's a, a freshman, um, is he a freshman cornerback? No, a freshman wide receiver. Nope. Nope. He's a, nope. he's a defensive freshman. back. He's a defensive uh, back. freshman D back. Um, that he's got some really, uh, you know, some really good film, uh, kick return kind of stuff. And then Amari Evans, uh, the speedster wide receiver. Um, you know, those are all guys that might figure in. Um, like you said, I think you know West Virginia game. We're likely to see Nick and Katron back there. Uh, just experienced guys know what you're going to get. Um, a lot of fair catches last year, and um, I think they've changed the rule. Um, I don't know if it's this past year or recently where it's like, look, if you just fair catch at any time, any place inside the 25, you get the ball on the 25, right? Yeah, so, it's been happening for a few years now. I mean, and I friends, guess, And like, hey, t- it's a free 25. If, free if, 25. Yeah. And like, truthfully, like half the time when somebody starts returning it, I'm like, oh, why are you doing that? <laughs> You know, because it feels like the, you know, the coin flip on, you know, whether it's going to be worth it to try and return it is much more in favor of the just take the ball on the 25. Yeah. But um, yeah, any any thoughts about the kick return game, the strategy, the returners themselves, the, the, the you know, the performance of that team uh, well, as a unit? You know, you mentioned Nick Singleton's uh, hundred well, it was a hundred yard return against Rutgers last year. Um, wasn't necessarily needed to beat Rutgers in in that game, um, but I expect um, personally, and I would hope more so than than expect. I would say that they r- are really hoping to work on uh, making um, Nick Singleton be you know in bigger games like Saquon Barkley in 2017 in the horseshoe he ran the I believe was the opening kickoff (laughs) you know back uh, you know 100 yards or whatever it was um and and that was a a, you know set the tone for the game even though that that tone you know you know, petered off by the end when it, when we lost that game, I was there. Yeah, it was thank you for horrible. But <laughs> but you know, for bringing us but there. in big Appreciate games, that. we need to see that kind of explosive play yeah. to turn yeah. the tide, to shift momentum, to 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 seize um, you know uh, the, the the narrative in the game. Um, and and I think Nick Singleton is a guy that's you know on that level of Saquon in terms of explosiveness and and breakaway speed. And and I'm eager to see what he's capable. 
doing in year two because we they waited until Saquon Barkley's last season to start letting him do that kind of stuff. And I don't even think he was doing it for the whole year. They kind of, um, I, I, I don't think he was doing it in the first few games. I think they kind of broke him into that once our kickoff unit early on was not performing very well. They were like, all right, screw it. Let's put Saquon in. And if I'm wrong about that, maybe he did start that season. But I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, it, it was something that happened um, after the first game or two. Yeah, I um, remember when he started returning, it was partway through the season. And yeah. I don't remember if that was the 2016 or 2017. Uh, it was 2017. It was 100% 2017. But mm-hmm. so what I'm trying to say here is, you know, Nick Singleton was doing that last year. And and now that he's got the ability to have an entire offseason season to kind to hone and perfect that 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 skill because it's not it's not you know it is a skill to like feel the where those lanes and creases are and when when to cut back and 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 you know you're going full speed against other people that are coming full speed at you um you got to get a better feel for that practicing that and 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 in year two I expect him to be better at that and and you know to be established at that in year two really could could you know produce some serious results from from the kickoff uh, um, you know specialist position so uh, it's a kickoff return specialist position excuse me so so it's exciting it's exciting to know that we have a game breaker who's who's back there kicking uh, taking kickoffs you know very similar. Um, but in a lot of ways, very different is the punt return game. Um, and, um, you know, again, brand new uh, group of guys that are likely to be back there. Um, the guy I'm hearing most talked about is Daquan Hardy. Um, Caden Saunders is another guy who's been mentioned. Amari um, Evans, again, has been mentioned. Um, you know, last couple of years, Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington, these guys were guys that, that you know, People were willing to punt it not quite so far to give their punt return team a chance to get down and corral them. A lot of fair catches on punt returns the last couple of years. Um, any thoughts on who you you think we might see, and um, you know what we're going to see out of this return game? Uh, for my money, I'm hoping that Caden Saunders steps into this role. Um, he is regarded as a KJ Hamler type, very shifty, very human joystick-like, um, and he wasn't able to break through uh, as a wide receiver last year. Um, and uh, from what I've heard, he's reshaped his body. They tore it down to, to bare bones, so to speak, and built him back up to be faster and stronger and to be the right weight. He, he was um, uh, professed to be a little overweight last year. And that, that apparently affected his trajectory uh, and development. Um, but this could be his breakout role to making an impact uh, this season. And, and it, you know, maybe Daquan Hardy's capable of being that guy. And maybe he ends up being that guy. But, but the fact that Daquan Hardy is our starting nickelback, I'd like him to focus on being that nickelback and being fresh for playing defense while a guy like Caden Saunders is maybe like the fifth or sixth wide receiver on the depth chart or even lower potentially. I don't. I have no idea. We'll find out. Maybe he breaks into the top four. I'm not sure. But the point is, he's a guy who would have fresh legs to be able to return punts, be shifty, you know, um, make the most of a small crease and then burn them all, um, you know, on the back end. He apparently has all that that type of skill and talent um, to be able to, to juke and, and burn everybody. So I, I, I'm hopeful that he's the guy that, um, um, you know, makes the leap and, and breaks through from, a, um, you know, a guy that's going to uh, change the game on the, on the punt return uh, for us. Yeah. I mean, and, and we've been, we've been looking for some game changing action on punt return. And again, some of that I think is just the way that other teams have been kicking at us. Um, 
it, one of the things that you really want, and I think this is part of why you had Dotson and, and Parker Washington back there is you want someone who's going to catch the ball, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Obviously. the last thing you want is a muffed punt and you turn the ball right over um, with an extra 40 year, yards of field position. So um, you want someone with very good hands and, you know, quite frankly, good judgment about whether you're going to fair catch or not. Um, good judgment, or whether you're going to pick up a ball that's, you know, bounced in front of you or just get it, get the hack out of the way. Um, you know, giving up, field position because you let a punt go over your head and then it doesn't get into the end zone, for example, like that kind of stuff really, you know, is really irksome or like, you know, you could fair catch it on the seven yard line when you could have gotten five or 10 yards. Um, so experience, um, you know, and good hands, I think are both, you know, important qualities. You and I probably kind of underrate those things because we want to see the big return. Um, and that's maybe why you'd see someone like Daquan Hardy over Caden Saunders, maybe, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, but, you know, the flip side of that coin is, can we get that game-changing, game-breaking play out of the punt return game? Can we get someone who's electric back there who can do something pretty special? Um, we haven't seen that the last few years. Um, Parker Washington really didn't do a lot of that. I mean, Jahan Dotson did a little bit of that, and then they they kind of shut him down. Do you think we're going to see anything different this year, or is it, is it more of a strategic approach for Penn State that we're going to see more of the same? It seems like uh, it, it's likely that we're hopeful to to be the to be a safer um, unit on the on the punt return team. I, I'm not I'm not sure they're necessarily like needing that to be the thing that like puts this team over the top. Um, so I, I'm not saying they're not gonna you know try and get it out of this unit, but but like you said, you know the fair catch is, is is a safer bet. You just want to get get the high hands of your playmaker, Drew Lahr, Nick Singleton, um, Theo Johnson. That That's where, you know, that's ideally where our bread and butter lies. So, so don't screw it up. Yeah, I mean, that's a up. really good point. <laughs> don't like, screw it up. Get the ball into you, the hands of your best playmakers. Yeah, if which you is trust fair your catch offense. the ball. Right. Yeah. If you trust yeah. your offense, like – Catch the ball, give him the ball. <laughs> you know, like you even if you're on the seven yard line, quarterback waiting yeah. to chuck it to yeah. to four 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 three wide receivers. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's a let's really do good that. point. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, you know, on the flip side, you've got our coverage teams, um, and um, if Gabriel Nuoso is kicking them into the end zone, you may not see a whole lot of action on the kick team, but on the punt coverage team, uh, two of our captains Dom DeLuca and Malik Mega really made a mark on those punt coverage teams uh the gunners running down um ready to tackle or pounce on that muffed punt when it happens um you know what are you expecting uh from the the coverage teams and uh are there any other key contributors that you can foresee now I know you already talked about like some of the the true freshmen any other names that you expect to see um on the uh, coverage teams well, I expect to see Tony Rojas on the coverage team. Yeah, I expect to see same. Tamir Robinson on the coverage team. I expect to see um, Dakari Nelson, a 6'3", 217-pound uh, yeah. safety. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a fast freshman guy. as well. He's out of Alabama. I mean, these are guys that are going to need to get on the field 
and need to make plays and need and need to make splash plays. And how exciting is it? How riled up does the crowd get when when uh, you know your kick coverage? Kick coverage or your punt coverage team goes down and lays a, a walloping hit on on the um, you know the the, the return guy. And Not a targeting hit. His, just to be clear, <laughs> right? Stops him dead in his tracks for for you yeah, know maybe totally. even backpedals and gets you know whacked. So I, I I'm looking forward to seeing who who if any is going to be like a, you know just a terror on the the coverage team like are we gonna have somebody who's just you know remember remember years ago we had ethan kilmer number 43 a wide receiver number 43 a wide receiver of all things he didn't really do much as a wide receiver but he was elite as a coverage guy and he made it into the nfl doing that as well so i mean it's possible that we could we could find a diamond in the rough as far as coverage team um you know tacklers goes so that's an exciting piece of this uh you know the overall picture of this team is um with these these guys coming in uh you know redshirt freshman uh true freshman are they going to be able to make their mark on special teams so you know so that it forces their coaches to give them opportunities to play on you know whether it's offense or defense um when, when it's when it's time to play those uh roles as well it's all you know, LeVar Arrington, when he was a true freshman, he was a demon on special teams. You know, and that carried through to his, you know, days of being a starting linebacker too. He was always on he's always trying to block punts and, and field goals when he was uh, you know, a, a an all American starting linebacker. So will any of these guys step into those roles and then push for, you know, more playing time as they go forward in the season? I think that's um you know, maybe an interesting place to to wrap up this conversation is to think about, you know, are we going to get some splash plays out of the special teams this year? You know, um, the the punt blocks or the kick blocks. You know, I mean, uh, we, you already talked about one in uh, you know 2016 that Ohio State game. You know that kick six it changed the game you know and interestingly enough stacy collins is a guy he's from boise state um he had a reputation for blocking kicks and blocking punts he had a reputation for making those splash plays with his special teams unit and i'm I'm not sure we necessarily saw a lot of that last year out of last year's team can we see a little more um you know, a little more splash this year out of the special teams, whether it's the coverage unit or um, the kick teams, um, you know, m- making crazy field goals, you know, as time expires kind of thing, the things that will be a highlight real play in the good way. D- do we, do we think we have a chance to see that? Or do are we just hoping not to make any mistakes? Uh, what are your thoughts on what Stacy Collins year two is going to be, bro? Well, I think you bring up an interesting point about like how he was uh, known for uh, producing disrupting plays uh, as a special teams coordinator at Boise State. You know, we really haven't had a Power Five team be known for special teams since Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. They, I mean, Beamer ball, you know, blocking kicks left and right. I wonder if, you know, now that we have this elevated talent pool that blue chip ratio we've we've ascended into a, a new um tier of um of overall talent on this team and and i'm wondering is stacy Collins capable of, of of squeezing that out now here in his second season with us with with a you know a young talented pool of players uh to to choose from to 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 try and be this 
kind of disruptive unit from a coverage uh, standpoint. Um, that's, you know, that could be, you know, who, yeah, like who, is, there, is anyone ever going to be that type of team again that, that, that plays Beamer ball? And, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if we're ever going to see that again, but like, you gotta, you gotta think they gotta, they gotta be trying to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are the stakes just too high, you know? And like, are you spending so much of your recruiting resources on your quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers that you're like, like you just said, like, no, they're recruiting, they're recruiting athletes. They're recruiting I'm, football well, players. I guess with, what, but with, what I'm with saying is elite attributes, speed, length, size, strength. They, they are, recruiting elite athletes and i'm and just gotta, saying all i'm saying is you know uh, i think you're right nationally you don't really have teams that are that are known for an identity of being a disruptive special teams uh you know kind of team and i wonder if that's just because like you said like hey just don't screw up because we want to get the ball to our skill players you listen, know like we're, we want to get the ball to our this. offense we're past the not trying to screw up i mean i'm I just get saying it. like you get, just you just said it like you just said, I said that from I, I, I said that from a punt returning standpoint. Fair enough. I didn't say I didn't say I didn't I wasn't saying that about special teams across the board. Um, you know, this is a totally different beast when you're trying to go down and rip someone's head off. As I like to scream from the stands, rip his head off. Um, <laughs> but you know, like this is ten, year ten for Franklin. You know, he is, he is more than into his, having his team, his players, the types of guys he wants, recruiting athletes, special athletes, and, and, and what better place to have him showcase it than on these, you know, possibly, you know, big time game swinging, game momentum swinging plays on, on, on coverage units and, and, and kick blocking units. I mean, I would love to see it, and I would love, I would love to see Penn State known for having. You gotta find a way. You the dynamic way to- special teams play. You know, um, big returns, big blocks in critical moments that like the other team is nervous about facing our special teams because they don't want to screw up. They don't want to be the guys that get got. You know, um, and um, I, I, to me, I think that would be great. Um, and, you know, I think what we saw last year, at least in some of those situations, says, you know, we might be able to, to see some development there. I think the thing that concerns me about, about special teams this year is our kicking situation, quite frankly. Um, you know, our punter, our place kicker, um, you know, until I see it, I'm not going to feel good about it. And, you know, certainly... Missing field goals can lose you games. Hey, um, hey, you, hey! You know, just think, listen to me for a second. I'm what did I already? What did I already tell you about <laughs> what Franklin has done over the years? Yeah, when plug and holes, question man. marks. Plug and he's hold. been plugging holes. He's been doing a great job at plugging holes over the last few years. You know, name, namely since you know uh, 2021, especially. I think what's got me most concerned, and you know. My concern will be certainly allayed after the first game or two. Number one, we've had some trouble with place kicking the last couple of years. You know, Pinnaker was Pinnaker was all right. Pinnaker he was ended up having right. a good season. He was all right. He, he didn't lose us games. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, but it's not dominant. You know, it's not like top five. It's not you know in terms can't of, all be Justin Tucker. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> as a Baltimore Ravens fan, let me just tell you how amazing it is to have Justin yeah, Tucker on your team. Yeah, it is a weapon. Um, you know, so, but like, 
you want to see that kind of consistency. You know, maybe you're not hitting 60 yard field goals all the time, but like you want to see someone, you know, in the high 80s of, of, of percentage, you know, especially inside of 40, 45 yards, yeah. you know, you want it to be automatic. And, and, and um, we've gone out and recruited those guys. And I think what's got me, again, I'll put concerned in air quotes, but um, those guys you know, we're not locks for that position going into their second year. And we're bringing in guys from the outside, from the lower ranks of college football to, to shore that up. And um, what I would really love to see is that those two recruits that, you know, I was actually pretty interested in last year um, to, to kind of take the reins and show their talent and, and, and take the job. I mean, if the other, if the incoming transfers, you know, win the job and they are consistent and they do great and they help the team. That's fine. I'm I'm happy with it. But it's just and that's why I'm saying until I see it, I'm just a little anxious about that that part of it. And go ahead. I think it's probably likely that we'll see kind of this like like I think it'll we'll see it play out as the season unfolds. I I don't know if we'll like have a starter you know day one West Virginia that stays that way throughout the season. I think we'll probably see kind of a little bit of, of, of them playing with, uh, you know, a couple different, you know, possibilities um, when it comes to the kickers and the punters um, and the kickoff uh, specialists uh, as well. So, uh, I mean, I think some, some guys may have the upper hand, but if they're not working out come game time, I think you could see some swapping and some, some kind of, um, you know, just, competition as the season unfolds because basically you know maybe you have the first two games to get it to get like a a better feel for them um because once you go on the road to illinois you can't screw that up that that could be a a tight game for for you know two three quarters i mean that could Um, be the sort of game where special teams wins or loses the game it it could be it could be so so what i'm saying is you know you might in those first two games see a competition play out still yeah. Well, and let's not, I mean, you know, I was having this thought the other day, like, oh, I've, I've sort of locked West Virginia into an automatic win. And I'm, I, I mean, talking through this team, I think we've got the talent. It feels like we shouldn't let a team like, you know, West Virginia have any, you know, business uh, playing a close game. But, you know, it's the first game of the season. And it's your starting, you know, your your the redshirt freshman starting quarterback, first game of the season, under the lights, starter, under the lights, you know, and and I mean, you like we we have the consistency, we have a lot of the team coming back, but like I don't want to assume that it's going to be you know an easy game, um, you know, last year's Purdue game was something that I thought was, yeah, they could play well, but I think we're really going to win. And it was a dogfight, man, until the end. And um, so, again, I mean, even that West – all that to say this West Virginia game could be a game where a made or missed field goal could be the difference. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not (laughs) that game. I sure hope not. I'm not not expecting it. But, you know, stranger things have happened, man. Stranger things have happened, and and so again, I, I you know the interesting about thing about special teams is it's the unit that's on the field for the shortest amount of time, and yet in that small window of time, it makes such a huge impact. Um, you know, as we've been talking through it, I feel pretty good about what we have to bring to the table for special teams, but but there are some gaps that we we need to make sure we shore up. 
Well, I, I think I think that does it for special teams. I think we did a good job with special teams, man. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll. <laughs> I think we'll, we did a great job. That's with what I'm teams. saying. You well, and let's I find out good, if Penn State does a great job uh, with special yeah. teams. Um, so we've got two more um, two more episodes left before kickoff. Um, the next episode is going to be our final preseason thoughts. Um, and we're going to take a look at, you know, the final, you know, camp developments, any other things that are going on. We're going to give our sort of final takes, having talked through um, all three units. And um, we're going to give our season predictions, man. Can't wait for that. And then um, the last episode before kickoff is going to be our West Virginia look ahead. Um, we're going to, you know, I was expressing some concern just now. We're going to take a look at the West Virginia team for our final preseason episode and see whether or not there's anything to be really concerned about. We're going to get to know who their coaches are and their team. It's just like we do with all the other games. Like we've done every season, we're going to give a good look and get to know West Virginia and talk about our uh, predictions for that game specifically, as well as um, what we're looking to see uh, Penn state do in that game. So that's what we've got. Um, That's it for, for now. Um, Again, I just want to remind you, share the love friends. Um, Share this uh, podcast link with your friends. Um, please write a review. Yeah, please. A, a good review. <laughs> yeah. If you wouldn't one. mind. A five-star one. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> and last time we promised that we would share any comments or uh, questions that you mailbag in your review. And we don't have anyone to share yet. So no one's taking us up on that very, very kind <laughs> offer. <laughs> um, so please, uh, yeah, yeah. Give us a review. And then um, also, um, yeah, send us a mailbag. Uh, blue and white brothers at gmail.com. Um, that'll do it for us, bro. Um, it always starts with I love you, and it ends with I love you. It always starts with I love you. Love you, bro. We are Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 